Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, thank you, and good morning, and welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Hope everyone is well out there in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, life goes on. Uh, we have a very uh, interesting show for you here today. We have with us Paul Scully. He is the president and CEO of Country Bank. How are you this morning, Paul? Hey, George. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Well, thanks for, for coming on with us today. We have a lot to talk about. We have the economy. We have the banking business. We have your own bank's 170th anniversary. Happy anniversary. Imagine being that old. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start, though, by talking about the Woo Sox. Sure. Uh, Worcester, is it the Worcester Red Sox or is it just the Worcester Sox? It, it, it's the Worcester Red Sox going by the, the you know, the, the, the name Woo Sox. And, and we are, Country Bank is, is a founding partner of the Woo Sox. We're excited to be joining um, 20 others, 21 in, in the uh, founding partners. And uh, it's, it's an exciting time for, for Central and Western Mass to the, the thought, you know, just think about this year that we've had and the fact that so many of us have been inside or just looking for something to do and, and the prospect of having baseball back, you know, all American right here, you know, within a quick, quick drive for all of us uh, is, is really for us. We're, we're very excited about it, uh, you know, for our fans, for our customers, for our businesses that are, that are you know, throughout the, the area. So it's a great time. Country Bank, uh, you know, our founding sponsorship, the, the park is, is coming ar- along really quickly. They were shut down for, I think, about six or eight weeks uh, they, during the pan, you know, early part of the pandemic. They've picked up speed like there's no tomorrow, and they've caught up. We, we uh, had a tour of the park about two weeks ago. Uh, it could have been warmer, uh, but it was, uh, it was a great tour. It was amazing to just get the sense of what the park is going to be. And it really has some, some wonderful attributes to it that just represent the Central Mass area. And, uh, you know, it's totally different from Fenway, yet there are some similarities. So unlike the Green Monster in, in Worcester, there's the Worcester Wall, which is a big blue wall. Uh, so you can't get the two of them confused. And it's along the first baseline. And um, Country Bank has a, an iconic sign above the blue wall, uh, you know, for our sponsorship. And but we'll also, the backdrop that you have there for people who can't see you on Zoom. Right. That's that that's the sign. So that that's all obviously the artist rendition. It's it's not there yet. We're looking forward to, to having it um, put back up. Uh, but we will we'll have that signage. But I think, you know, equally important that that really represents what Country Bank has been about for so many years is that we will also have the Country Bank uh, Fan Center uh, for fan experience. It's really kind of the code name for customer service. You know, you lose your keys, you lose your kid, um, whatever it may be, um, you'll be able to go to the Country Bank Fan Center. And it's, you know, really representative of, of a lot of what we've um, done over the years with service. And then we've partnered um, with the Red Sox on, on some really cool initiatives. Um, you know, we've oft, always had our Teacher of the Month program. Uh, now we're expanding that uh, with the Worcester Red Sox Foundation. Uh, and our partnership also includes um, throughout the year, we will be teaming up with the foundation uh, to support uh, local uh, charities and, and, and community um, organizations. So it's, a, it's really a partnership that represents so much of what Country Bank has stood for, you know, for the past 170 years. 
Uh, and we're excited for that, you know, opening day when, uh, whenever that may come, hopefully it'll be in April when they can say play ball. How did this come about? This sounds like a natural for you. You've got one foot in Hamden County, the other foot in Worcester County. You're so we're in Hampton, Hampshire, and Worcester. between the two cities. So yeah, so we're in Hampton, Hampshire, and Worcester. So you know, so we're all about. And you know, I think that um, George, when you know, early on, when when we all heard there was this possibility uh, of the Sox coming, uh, you know, to to the region, and I think that that's the piece that we really want to keep in mind that it, it is they are coming to the region. They just happen to be headquartered uh, or will be located in Worcester. Uh, is just what a great boon this will be for our area. So, um, you know, we kind of had a little bit of, a, of an inside track, just hearing that they were interested, not really knowing if it was going to happen, you know, made a couple of phone calls and, you know, ironically, uh, they were really trying to keep the whole thing fairly low key. So, you know, I got a call one day and said, you know, would you meet us at the zoo in Menden for lunch? And, and I thought this was utterly bizarre um, that, you know, I was going to the zoo uh, so, I, you know, I drove down and told everybody in the office that I was having lunch at the zoo so they wouldn't think it was a little strange that this, uh, you know, middle-aged guy was showing up uh, at the zoo by himself. And, uh, you know, soon found out what their plans were uh, and what their vision was. And, and lo and behold, you know, um, folks like the Crowley family with, with Polar Beverages and so many others stepped up to the plate, uh, so to speak, uh, in support of this. Uh, and next thing we knew, it was happening. So... Uh, we, we, we've been really excited about it, um, working with the, the Worcester Red Sox organization, uh, with Larry Lucchino and, and, and Dr. Steinberg and, and all of the folks there. Um, they're really, they, they are part of the fabric of, of, of Central Mass, of, of the community, and have really just been so representative of, of this area. We're, we're excited uh, for them, we're excited for us, but more importantly, we're just excited for the fans. What are you What are you hearing, uh, if anything? Uh, there, there was no minor league baseball last year. Obviously, the Pawtucket Red Sox really couldn't say goodbye to their community. There, there was no baseball last year. You getting an indication that they might be able to play in the spring? Or? I think you know. I think they'll be playing. Um, you know, whether or not they'll be playing uh, on opening day to to a full you know uh, park. Um, that, that's probably a big question mark, as we all know. But but I think that they will they will find a way to play. You know you know like you with your question, uh, we're curious too. Um, I happen to live in Worcester. I overlook um, the park, uh, see it from uh, from my living room, and and I know that it's getting closer and closer. Uh, and whether it's April or whether it's you know later in the season, I think we'll get to a point hopefully that we'll be able to have some fans there. You know, I think like everything that we're going to talk about this morning, um, you know, the news about the vaccines uh, over the last couple of weeks have really made such a, a big difference in, in everybody's prospects of, of what to expect uh, in perhaps the second half of 2021. Uh, and certainly it's a lot brighter for things like baseball and business and the economy uh, than it was uh, in March. So you know, we're, we're hopeful um, that we'll we'll be right there in the park cheering them on. OK, well, congratulations to you on all that and uh, keep your fingers crossed. And absolutely hopefully people will be out uh, looking at the blue wall for those of us who have attended UMass in the mid 70s. That phrase has a completely different meaning altogether. <laughs> OK, well, the blue wall was the famous bar on campus. The oh, OK. I did not know that. Yes, it was. 
Okay. And that's why election season was, was rather fun for us EMS grads. Kept hearing about crashing through the blue wall. We didn't. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Uh, let's go back to another topic here. 170th anniversary this year. That That's a number to be proud of, a number to celebrate. How have you been marking that occasion? You know, we've been, mar- of course, we've been marking it during a pandemic. And, you know, we haven't really approached it any differently than we have every other year or perhaps any other milestone. Um, you know, it's an amazing feat, I think, uh, for any business and to be around for that number of years. And certainly, you know, the community banks in our region are all pretty much been around for, for that amount of time frame. Um, you know, for me, I will jokingly say, you know, I've, I've been now um, CEO for, for 16 years. You know, all, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, that, that it uh, continues on long after I'm there. And, uh, but it's, it's been something that we've quietly celebrated, um, you know, been able to just let people know, you know, the amount of time that, we, that we've been in business. Certainly for those markets that are new to us and, and the Worcester market in some ways um, is newer for us. Uh, to be able to say, you know, and talk about the, the longevity of, of the institution, as well as its size, you know, it, it close to a billion eight and we have close to 15% capital that we have such wherewithal uh, to be uh, part of the fabric of, of the, the um, regional economy. Um, it's just really been a great message to share. So it's been an interesting year for your bank and the entire banking community. Uh, this is mid-December, time to look back and a time to look ahead. Let's look back first. Uh, trying year for all of the banks. You want to kind of sum up what it's been like to kind of continue to serve your customers in the middle of this pandemic? You know, it's actually, it's, I think what we all saw was, was the resiliency of people, you know, whether it was our staff, whether it was our customers or our community, um, clearly, you know, shutting down for the most part, um, you know, branch operations uh, at the beginning of March, uh, we made the decision about a day or two prior to um, some of the, the others in our market area, uh, that we were going to do it. And I know for, you know, our younger um, members of, of our management team kind of looked at me and said, really, we're going to close the branches? Uh, you know, almost like, are we going to get in trouble? And I think we lose sight sometimes of, of the fact that you know, everything these days, you can do just about everything through technology. And that, you know, people would be able to adapt quickly. And it was more, it was less about shutting down the lobbies to making sure that we were able to continue to serve customers. And, you know, all of our, our, our friends in the industry did the exact same thing. You know, we were able to um, take care of customers' needs um, either through drive-up windows or really have people, now that they were home, finally take that step to use online banking and mobile banking platforms and be available for them uh, to be able to answer their questions. We also have two ITMs, interactive teller machines, uh, where folks can go up much like to an ATM, but they can connect with somebody, you know, who's a, you know, I hate to use the expression of a real person, but they are, you know, a staff member um, who would be on the other end um, of the screen, much like you and I are this morning, and would be able to walk them through transactions. So we found, quite frankly, that, you know, people, customers really adapted well uh, to the process. We got better at it, I think, as, as time went on, being able to have curbside services, uh, you know, much like the local restaurants for those transactions that were time consuming or, or perhaps a little bit more tedious uh, to do at the drive through. So that, you know, all worked well for us. 
Um, we were really fortunate, as you remember, George, you know, we, we lost our main office 12 years ago to a fire. Uh, and we were well prepared for that, um, at least in, in, in theory, you never really want to have one. Um, but equally important, you know, we've always been able to use that as a benchmark for being prepared for other things. So when the pandemic hit and I said, okay, folks, you know, we, we need to figure out, particularly in our big office, the way we have 120 people, you know, instantly the, the folks from IT said, well, we're all ready to be able to work remotely. And I, because they knew that I was never a fan of, of working from home. And, and my, I immediately said, really? They said, oh yeah, we figured eventually we'd beat you down and, and you'd catch on, you know, part in jest, but what it allowed us to do is never miss a beat uh, and be able to have people working from home uh, and still, you know, continue to, to service customers without an interruption. Um, I think we've all learned so much through this. Uh, you know, we've learned that uh, the eight to five day doesn't have to be the eight to five day and that it's allowed people to really acclimate to a better bit, um, balance uh, of work life, which is something that we've always um, strived to be able to accommodate. But I think we've been able to see this now. So, um, you know, it's, it's I think is what I want to repeat 2020, not on your life. Um, but what I, what I would want to you know, be able to know is that. Uh, if something else comes along, that we're equally prepared for it. Uh, most recently, you know, we closed the lobbies again uh, about two, three weeks ago, as we started to hear more about the, you know, the uptick uh, in, in cases and, and felt it was time to do it again. Um, you know, because keep in mind, if, if we happen to have somebody um, who does test positive, you know, we have other people that have to quarantine. So it's difficult to staff for that. And we're, we're very, very mindful of our, our customers' help as well. Uh, and then this past week, um, our office building where people were working about two to three days, uh, now we've gone pretty much fully remote again uh, until mid-January. Let's get through the holiday push. When I talk to people in, in the midst of this pandemic, I always like to talk about things that have changed and ask what is going to change forever. Uh, what have we learned through this pandemic and what might change in banking moving forward? Uh, is this perhaps going to lead to fewer branches down the road? I mean, there's always comments about how this, this region is overbanked. There's a branch on every corner. Do we need all these branches? Has this pandemic showed us that? And what else might change permanently because of this? Well, you know, as it relates to, to branch banking, I, I can honestly say I've not found that crystal ball yet that tells us the real answer. Uh, and, and that is, is something it's been, I think, the conundrum of banks for years. Uh, you know, customers love the, the convenience of technology. Clearly, it's, you know, we would prefer uh, to be able to leverage technology and, and maintain, be on the cutting edge. But people also like to know that if they have a, an issue um, that they want to speak with someone in the bank, that the branch exists for them. Um, you know, I think it's akin somewhat now to what we're seeing with telemedicine as well as urgent care centers. Um, so, you know, I don't think that there's really yet that, that, that whole answer to uh, what will branches be like uh, and will they still exist? I can say they will still exist. They'll probably be a smaller footprint uh, than, than what we've seen for size before. Um, and that the dependence on technology will continue to increase. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, as to, you know, other, you know, what have we learned through the pandemic, you know, as I kind of look back on it, 
I, you know, can say to myself, you know, you, you can never underestimate, you know, the, 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 the power of people and, and the collaborative nature of, of people. And that when, um, you know, the, the times get rough, that people just all want to be a part of something in a way that they can help. Uh, we saw that certainly uh, with the payroll protection program, uh, loan program, you know, much like all of the banks where, you know, that wasn't even on anybody's radar screen when all of a sudden uh, it became available and, you know, you needed to be part of it. Look, if we had to, we wanted to do everything that we could to support our local businesses. But, you know, when you have a full staff working remotely and you have something like the PPP and customers were emotionally concerned uh, about their, you know, the financial well-being. Will they get that application in and approved by the SBA? You know, we had people literally working around the clock at home. Uh, had to tell them log off. So, you know, I think that you know what we've seen is just, you know, the 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 power of people is amazing. It's collaborative. Everybody wants to be a part of of making a difference. Um, we've done a lot, obviously, you know, through the communities. Uh, in supporting the communities. It's been part of our, our Hailmark and legacy for years. Uh, this past year, we, I would say we've probably donated thus far um, over a million one or a million two back into the communities, of which about a half a million to 600,000 was all COVID related. Uh, you know, we, we, we supported the hospitals uh, and, you know, first responders, the frontline workers. Uh, we really wanted to, to, you know, help them out as they were waiting to help us. So I think, you know, if anything, or, or what have we learned through the pandemic? We, we, we've learned uh, to everybody to, to take a deep breath, um, understand that, that life isn't always about chasing after um, the, the next big business opportunity. It's a balance. Okay. This is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. I'm talking with Paul Scully. He's the president and CEO of Country Bank. And we've been talking about a lot of different things. Paul, we've got a few minutes left. I always like to talk to bankers about the economy and what's happening in the business community, especially with the small businesses. You've got a real good feel for what's happening there. You've got a pulse from talking to your customers. What are, what are they saying um, as no, they're, they're when it comes to a close? You know, they're concerned. And, and I think we're all, you know, and, and, and surely we, we, um, share their concern. Um, you know, the vaccine, I think, has given a lot of them great hope and promise. Um, some sectors are doing really well. Um, let's, let's face it, we all know that the hospitality, hospitality business, uh, whether it's restaurants and, and uh, you know, bars and nightlife um, or hotels are, are having a tough time of it. Uh, and that, you know, when you start to think about the number of people that they employ, it's not just the business itself that, you know, in, you know, unto itself is, is certainly quite a concern, but it's all the people that they employ and then how they make ends meet. And that is a huge concern. Um, the PPP uh, in, w- was a great shot in the arm. Um, I guess it's you know, not to put it in with the vaccine, but it, w- it was a shot in the arm for businesses and for people uh, to be able to keep them going. The first stimulus uh, certainly helps some people. Now there's that, you know, we, we've got to see what happens with this um, next stimulus. Um, people need that to get through the winter. Um, Do you get a sense reading the tea leaves from Washington that some additional relief might be coming for businesses? You know, I think it's, I think we're going to see something. Um, it's a matter of, you know, when are we going to see it? 
Um, you know, the, the $1,200 check that, that people received uh, the first time around was certainly, you know, a great opportunity for a lot of people. Um, did everybody, you know, necessarily need it who received it? Probably not. Um, hopefully they spent that money in local shops and businesses because that, that's the key piece to it uh, is, you know, people are you know, concerned to go into small places. And when you think about the number of small businesses throughout our region, um, they need people to feel comfortable to be able to go inside. You know, people don't, for the most part, hesitate on a Saturday uh, to go into Home, um, Home Depot or Lowe's to, to grab some paint because they're sick of looking at the same wall for three months. Um, we've, got to do, we've got to be able to do that with small businesses. They're concerned. I think that you know, what we have seen is the, the business community as it relates to banks and landlords have really stepped up and, and been able to, to the extent that they can, be accommodative um, to, um, to their tenants, uh, to be able to allow them you know, some, some leeway. Uh, certainly we've been doing that with borrowers uh, to be able to get through this. You know, this is an event um, that was unto itself. No one saw it coming. It was a flick of the switch, pretty much. It happened overnight. And um, you know, I'm optimistic uh, that with you know, the vaccine and however that process is now going to um, finally get launched, that will be something that will help the businesses. But we're in for a tough winter. There's no doubt about it. Um, and when, when we think of the number of, of restaurant-type locations and the hundreds, if not thousands, of people that they employ and the venues that aren't having weddings and the people that worked part-time as, as a bartender or a waitstaff member at those events to make ends meet, you know, it's, it's a challenging time for them. It is. Well, thank you for coming on today and, and good luck with everything. Good luck uh, with the bank. Uh, good luck with the Worcester Red Sox and the Blue Wall. Um, we really thank you for coming on. You've had some great insight. So thank you again, Paul. Happy holidays. And to you too. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, this has been another episode of Business Talk, the podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Stay well, and we'll see you next time.